Godzillamedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. Gamezilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, co-host, Jazzy Fiddle. What up, dudes? <laughs> Our producers, Deadite Knight and Testonomics. Yeah, Jiminy Tillikers, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so gosh darn happy. From the lakes of Minnesota <laughs> to the hills of Tennessee. All right, well, welcome. I like welcome. how Tess burst in a song. That makes <laughs> me happy. Welcome to episode 214 of the Gamesville Podcast. The first ever clean episode of Gamesville Podcast. <laughs> Attempted. <laughs> Potential. No, it's clean. I guarantee you. We're going to make it all the way. <laughs> make it all the way. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I'm just going to mute myself with the rest of the show and have a good show, everybody. <laughs> But no, we are going to attempt uh, a new mini game within the show where we try to uh, stay clean. Uh, Deadite will be keeping score and letting us know if we ruin it. But we're gonna we're gonna give this a try and see how we do. Everyone's been voting on twitch.tv slash media about who is going to ruin this show first. And um, I'm just gonna say I'm winning. By, by a landslide. Land <laughs> by a landslide. <laughs> whoa, whoa! You can't say. Lancelot? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Don't start doing that. That's this. a slur. <laughs> people, people are instant. Look at people are trying to push push buttons already. Did you see what just popped up? Someone said, "Hey, Grim, what do you think of Metroid Prime Federation Forces?" I think Happy Metroid Monday. <laughs> Happy Metroid Monday, everybody. Oh, you can influence this podcast and get other great perks by heading on over to patreoncom slash Gamezilla Media. Start your patronage today. We have some news. We do. We got some great new patrons. We we do. We do. Are they new patrons? Uh, newer levels of patronage. They're, they're upgraded patrons. Upgrade. Yeah. Upgrade. Yeah. They're like they, they like Gamezilla 2.0. This is like patrons 2.0. Well, we have like Zuki, and then we have like Zilla, and then we have Gamezilla, and then we have Mecha Gamezilla. These are like. Godzilla. <laughs> Godly Gamezilla. No copyright infringement so, there at all. Zero, yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. There's no copyright infringement with the logo that's sitting on the back of our green screen right now. We're not copy infringement people. Nah. Creative license. But anyways, so, yeah. continue. Continue, my dear friend I Jesse. I remember where we're at. Um, you're talking about upgraded patrons. You wanted to oh yeah, we have Tyler deal. who upgraded his patronage, and get some coins. The Ninja Carter also upgraded his patronage. Thank you so much for your support of Gamezilla Media. Yeah, thanks. My favorite thing when you go like crazy with the buttons is seeing like the uh, the queue line yeah. appear on the uh, software. Yeah, it's a cool uh, cool little program. It's I... neato. Yeah, it's keen. <laughs> 
Oh, Commander Keen. This is you guys so remember that awkward. Game? Yeah, by id. Yeah. Did you know Commander Keen, Wolfenstein, and Doom are all tied together in one universe um, because the Doom guy is a descendant of Commander Keen, who is a descendant of BJ Blaskowitz? Everyone knows that. Jazzy probably didn't. I didn't, but it makes <laughs> I mean, it did. Yeah. That's, that's wink, like, wink emoji. Yeah, that's like knowing what the color red is. Right. I, I don't appreciate right. you trying to goat me into cursing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's already happening to me, okay? Come on. All right. Well, um, welcome to the show. We're going to get into uh, some team talk right now. <laughs> Chancy Fiddle, what's your gaming moment of the week, buddy? I played tons and tons and tons of AR Earth Mode. You which did. stands for all random Earth Mode. Earth Mode is a game mode in League of Legends where basically they take mana out of the equation. So you just kind of... <laughs> I like how you said it stands for all random Earth Mode. Like someone knows what Earth Mode is. Oh yeah, Ultra Rapid Fire. Oh, uh, sorry. Because I was wondering, I was like, are you are you mispronouncing the word Earth <laughs> with a TH? Like Earth, we live on Earth. Or I was about to ask you to spell that for me. But like, what you oh, are yeah. at? Okay. A-R Earth, which stands for All Random Ultra Rapid Fire. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Ultra rapid fire is where they basically shorten your cooldowns and uh, there's no mana consumption anymore. So you just get to spam all your abilities over and over and over and over again. It's a ton of fun most of the time. Yeah, I heard you were getting upset. There were a few. Um, Can you verbally recap that for us of what it was like to be yeah, there? There yeah. were a few games <laughs> where there are some champions where I was like, "Man, you are overpowered in yeah. this game mode," so and I don't really though. like playing against you that much. So I'm gonna queue up another game and try harder next time. That's not that's not the words that I heard from your friend that played league with me after you signed off completely yeah i mean she's a liar <laughs> all right well um so yeah you enjoyed you enjoyed your mode it's Wait, over which now. friend did you just call a liar i just want it documented because <laughs> 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 i have a feeling i know which friend it is and i, th I think she has the right to know in the chat neo, uh, neo deserves to know <laughs> but we're not going to say any names yeah we're not going to mention her name yeah. her initial start with neo yeah there you go <laughs> all right dead eye gaming moment of the week so I'm going to do what I always do and break the rules and say I have two gaming moments of the week. Always breaking the rules. Always breaking the rules. Because I disregard the rules. I'm that kind of guy. So my first is just a quick side uh, gaming moment of the week. Friday night, uh, my wife had a girls night. They were eating sushi and watching Queer Eye or whatever. And I decided <laughs> that, yeah, it's the name of a TV show. I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> He thought I blew it. <laughs> we're, all, we're all walking on pins and needles right now. He's like, there it is. There it is. It was like one of those slow-mo faces, too, where I'm like all bright-eyed, and then all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> Can he, did he say that? What? Um, so my wife was watching a television show. Uh, again, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. You've heard of it. Um, with the girls upstairs. So I slinked away and hid in the basement, fired up the Retron 5, and just played some NES games. And it felt really good to detach and not 
you know, have maybe the social element of gaming, playing Castlevania 3, playing Punch Out, some games that I recently got at that garage sale uh, up in northern Michigan. So it just felt good to have that gaming experience, something that I don't think we do enough as gamers to just, like, play a game that doesn't involve anyone else, just us relaxing and playing, like, a simple video game. So that's my side moment of the week. But my real moment of the week is staring into Jazzy's eyes right now. I'm just lost in your deep brown eyes. Snuck another one in there. <laughs> okay, so I streamed Rocket League for three hours yesterday. And I originally was just going to stream for like an hour, maybe two, and then Sashin and Chops hopped in and we had to keep going. But I was queued up with some randos. And... You know, I played a couple rounds with these guys. I felt like it was going really well. The other team went up 3-0 on us, and my teammates just bailed out on me. And I was like, come on, guys. Like, we can come back from a 3-0 deficit. So I get new randos in, bots coming in and out, that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, I led my team on a run that took us to 6-3. We just tore it up, and we're now three goals ahead. Six goals straight in a row. We're now down to probably about a minute and a half left. I was like, everyone watching me on Twitch. We got this. It's a done deal. There's no way we're going to blow this. And somehow within like 30 seconds, boom, 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 it's a tied game, 6-6. Six, six. And I'm like, no, how is this happening to me? I'm having a meltdown on stream. That's the best kind of stream. And then I score the game winner. Put it right in, and it was it was the highs, the highest highs, the lowest lows, and then again the highest highs. My heart was racing. I had like adrenaline. It was just such a hyped up game of Rocket League. It could have been an arrhythmia. Maybe I should go to the doctor. Will you be my heart doctor? You don't want me to be your heart hey, doctor. You know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying a real doctor. Um, so I it's it's available on replay on my Twitch channel. Uh, Twitch tv slash night and i am going to screen cap that and try and get that on our youtube to replay this game because it's like my favorite game of rocket league i've ever played just because it was such a roller coaster of a game and it just i don't know it, it made streaming fun that would not have been as fun if i was just sitting on the couch playing by myself but having uh you know a few people in the in the chat watching and having fun and sharing that game with me made it really special so I just had a great time, and it, it's really kind of affirming the fun of being a Rocket League streamer for me. So Awesome. That's right. Twitch.tv slash Night. Shameless plug by the Deadite, so you can go watch him beat a bunch of bots. Beating them bots. <clears throat> yep. All right. My gaming moment of the week, we're going we're gonna to let Tess go last because I know he has a really good gaming moment of the week. I hope you do. I'm just making that up. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited because I haven't been playing a lot of video games, and that was upsetting me, but I also was feeling overwhelmed with video games, which is why we did GameZilla Alpha on just the abundance of video games coming out every week and just feeling like there's no time for it anymore. But I get uh, invited to play some Fortnite on the Switch. And it's not, I just got done being, you know, kind of saying like Fortnite's that game that's kind of causing the, you know, it's kind of ruining video games because it takes these types of games where you just sit there and play and play and play. There's no end. It's just repeat, you know, walk, do it again, repeat, do it again. And so I'm like, all right, everybody's playing. I'll jump on. And again, I'll confirm with test here, but 
We got three wins that night, right? Yeah, me, you, and Jazzy won twice, and then the three of us plus the Ninja Carter won a third. Yeah, and it was like, honestly, I think three wins in like, I don't know, eight matches. It was almost, it was, it was pretty good odds. I was really surprised. So it was probably the most fun I've had with Fortnite in quite a while because I've been very frustrated with Fortnite. Just either, you know, the, the meta changes to it and just not under, not get, not being used to it. But I, we finally kind of found a groove on switch and we were just dominating. And then, um, they felt easy. The wins were, they were pretty easy. Like I was, I was, uh, I was happy with them. I, I couldn't believe it because I was playing on the Xbox with Tess before you hopped on. And then we were like, Hey, let's switch over to the switch. I was like, cool. Now I can go downstairs, hop on the couch with Lauren, watch some LCS while I'm playing with you guys. Well, I quickly realized that I can't chat with you guys and hear the game without having like this giant rig of setup that I have going on. So I threw earbuds in to my phone so I could talk to you guys and then realized that I immediately couldn't hear the game at all. So I had no game volume whatsoever, and I'm playing on the Switch handheld. In this tiny screen, and I got more <laughs> wins doing that than what I have it on a giant TV and it can hear everything. So yeah, yeah. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was uh, that was my game of the week because I, I just actually enjoyed Fortnite again for for a little while and for a game that's been just kind of lose. I've been losing interest and being frustrated and just kind of moving away towards uh, other games. So yeah, Testonomics gaming moment of the week. So I was fortunate enough to be uh, to get a beta invite to the Arena of Valor beta on Nintendo Switch. So originally, or Joey. I guess up to now, it's been just a mobile game. So they uh, you know adopted it with control, you know, uh, a regular traditional controller controls and button input, and it was a ton of fun. Um, not to shamelessly plug it, but you know I was live over the weekend on Twitch.tv slash Testonomics. And, uh, you know, got some good community feedback. Uh, there was no queuing system up to play with anybody yet, so I was just playing with a bunch of randos. Um, I think when it first drops to Switch, uh, whatever community, whatever team or group we form here, you know, in the Discord, we'll, uh, we'll just, just run over everybody because it doesn't seem like a lot of people have ever played a MOBA before. This might be their first, you know, the first uh, experience they have with anything like that. So just having the basic understanding of, you know, how to play League, I was just walking through these other people. I confirmed that the first couple games you play bots, um, they make them look like real people so you feel good, but then you actually get queued up against real people, and I'm just walking all over them with this fake Morgana character. So I'm an Arena of Valor guy. It'll be free-to-play coming out later this year on the Switch, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing it with everybody. And it's getting, I mean, I know you played it, but a lot of the articles we read, too, it's getting uh, praised as to how well it run, uh, works on the Switch. This is, it's better than, than the mobile version. Yeah, already. I hopped into his stream and was asking about the controls because that's the one thing that, like, I have or, a lot of questions yeah. about still. And everything that he answered was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm feeling that. Yeah, they really could have uh, clucked things up with... Um you know, doing something like a point-and-click idea like they did with a lot of the real-time strategy games. Like if you think of your Command & Conquer on console, how it was all point-and-click. There wasn't really anything native with the joystick besides mimicking a mouse movement. But this isn't. Your left joystick completely moves your character. You know, targeting's real nice. You can turn it on auto. You can turn it to just target champions. You can pick the champion with the highest attack or lowest HP or lowest percent of HP and really customize it to play auto but the way that you'd play it if you weren't doing it auto. So 
Um, overall, a really good game. I'm looking forward to it going free to play, and uh, um, I'm gonna play the uh, the poop out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, from what I've watched of it, it reminds me. As far as the controls, it, it reminds me of I've played a little bit of Smite, and you know, Smite works well with the controller. It reminds me of that, but unlike Smite, it it reminds me more of League, which is good. You know, as far as like actual yeah. like uh, map layout and just and and concept. So I like I like the top I like the top down concept of it versus. Unlike what Paragon was, where it was well, almost sm- like putting you into like so 3D smite. realm, and, yeah. and Smite is that th- in that 3D realm as, as well. Yeah. So it's kind of got that like angled. So I think that makes it a little easier for me to catch on to it because it's a similar feeling of the MOBAs that I play. Interesting. Well, that's our gaming moments of the week. We want to hear your gaming moments, and you can only do that one way. That's joining the Discord. So go over to gamesillamedia.com, scroll to that bottom of the page and hit the Discord button, or click on that link that just landed in the Twitch chat right now on twitch.tv slash gamesillamedia. All right, let's get into some news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching gamesillamedia.com, downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download All right, we got the news, and first topic is one that Jazzy Fiddle is going to be thrilled with because we don't talk about it enough. But that is Sony Crossplay. But I think <laughs> I think this one I think it's worth it's worth talking again. This year, here's the problem: you're like we've yep. we've talked about this every week well, for like the we're last beating four a dead weeks. Horse here, but we're beating a dead horse. But but in in all honesty, though, that might be what it takes in order the, to get Sony on board. You have Maybe. Bethesda coming out. Talking about Fallout 76 and talking about how they would love, love to have crossplay. But there's just one problem. Let me guess. Sony won't play nice. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. But when this is coming <laughs> when this is coming out of the mouth of Todd Howard. Yeah. Okay. You have to do it. This Sony, is, this is this is the line in the sand, man. But I just think it's interesting because when people like Todd Howard, someone that when they take the stage, people listen. Everybody stops what they're doing and they go, oh, what's Todd about to say? Okay, And basically, he comes out and says the reason uh, is that Sony is not as helpful as everyone would like. Quoted is him dropping that down. You now have the head figure of Bethesda Mm -hmm. basically saying Sony does not like to cooperate with us. This is what we would want. We know this is what you want, but Sony won't give it to us. Especially coming from Todd Howard, who was a big, big piece in the push of bringing Bethesda's games onto the Switch and the crossplay of, in general, at this point, like, man, I don't, I, I honestly don't know what to say about it anymore. Like, Sony's gonna have to figure this out because it, it's. It doesn't look like it's going to stop. Like, this is a volcano that has er erupted at this point, and they're going to have to stop the lava (laughs) flowing all over their company here. Well, you've had, you've now had an ex CEO come out and say that the only reason they have, they can't, they won't do it is because of money. The, the, the actual quote is when he was in position, they said, we don't like the idea of someone buying something off of an Xbox and being able to use it over on a PlayStation platform. 
And so, like, and it's just simple as like we we don't want to give you that ability, even though the fan base is calling for it. And when you're at this point now, where you have people like that that can influence the world in a way that Todd Howard can, I mean, we sat here and ripped apart Bethesda's E3, and I can still tell you that that the ten minutes of stage time that Todd Howard had was some was some of the best stage time in E3 because he took what a disaster of a presentation was and made people care about Bethesda, made people cry, made people scream, made people excited for the future of Bethesda. And now this man's sitting here saying, yeah, we want to give this to you, but we can't because Sony won't let us. This is a bad look. It was already bad when your ex-employees were doing it. It was already bad when your fan base was screaming at you and your response was, we're willing to listen to you and consider anything and then walk away. And now you have people like this coming out. I mean, you ha- this has to be addressed like in the next quarter. Like you can't, this isn't yeah. next E3. This has to come this out before PlayStation experience. You have to fix Period. this. Yeah, and I did I I did a quick uh, research here. If this continues, you're going to find games like Fallout 76 that are just going to go. You want to know what? If you're not going to play nice, we're just not going to bring our game to to your console. They're going to make sure that Sony doesn't have Fallout 76 on this. You know, this is just a hypothetical example, but they'll make sure that a game like Fallout 76 doesn't hit the Sony platform. And uh, Fallout 70 <laughs> Fallout 4, sorry. Sold 12 million copies in the first 24 hours. The yeah. first 24 hours, 12 million copies. That comes out to $750 million. Hey, Sony, if you like money, you might want to keep people on board for stuff like this. Yeah. And I mean, no one's going anywhere just yet because you they do have an install base that matters. But this is not a good... This isn't a good idea. This is not the way. Yeah. This is and and we've said it before, and we don't need to you know beat a dead horse like we've said. But this is old Sony. This is old Sony that that didn't decided to not pay attention to their fan base, make their own decisions that they wanted to make, and just drive themselves into the ground that they had to dig themselves out of. And now it just feels like they're putting themselves back in the ground. And that's what I don't understand. When you've managed to get yourself in such a good position. And you, to me now, I'm starting to look at this that maybe you faked it, but we really thought that you understood your fan base. We really thought you you knew what you were talking about and that you were listening and understanding the fan base with all these things you did with the PS4 platform. And now we're starting to see it kind of go in like the, we're, we're king, we'll do what we want, we don't care. And they forgot their roots. It's, yeah, it's, it's that sad. typical story of I'm going to make it somewhere and I'm not going to forget about you guys and then they make it all the way to the top and they instantly change and forget about their roots. Yeah, And I think it's hard because you can say the same thing about Nintendo when they were on top and, and Xbox was on top at one point and they've all, you know, have fallen. And, and somebody's pushed them off and taken that spot, but in the end it's like, when's the... Like, I could sit back and say handheld gaming, Nintendo's owned it forever. But like when it comes to other platforms, it seems like it's rotation. They wait for someone to take the top, get too big for themselves, and then it's like, all right, cool, now it's our turn, get out of the way. And I just, for me, it's like I felt like PlayStation set themselves up where they ended last gen with the PS3 the way they needed to. And then they started PS4 
like a forest fire, man, just took off. No one could catch them. And then now they're like, you know, we're getting near the end life. This is where you don't want to screw up. This is ex- this is the worst spot anywhere to trip. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're tripping yourself. Yeah. At the finish line. I don't yeah, I don't I don't get it. It's it's concerning to me and now that you have developers coming out of this of this caliper you you have to act very soon. See now now Jazzy said Sony needs to fix this by E3 next year. I think they need to fix it by like September October. No, Playsta- oh, no. I said PlayStation Experience, which is November. Oh, okay. I, I do think yeah. it needs to be oh, a little yeah. earlier I said than this that. can't be, be- E3 yeah. because yeah. Oh, okay. Because I think this could affect system sales in the holidays. Because if kids are like, "Oh, I want to play Fortnite and, you know, I want to play it with someone on Switch or Xbox or PC, I think th- I think Fortnite uh, crossplay could be a system seller for children this year." And they're not going to ask for a PlayStation if they can only play it with PlayStation friends. That's mm-hmm. like, I mean, yeah. And we've laid down these points of like people picking up Rocket League on Xbox because we were playing on the Switch and they go, they don't have a Switch, but they were like, wait, I can play this game with you guys if I buy it on my Xbox? Yes. Guess what didn't get turned on that day? Their PS4. It's, it's, this is the way we're moving. And I don't know. Sony just, Sony, I think I brought this up to you, Jazzy. Sony is acting like, what I would expect Nintendo to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, online gaming? That's a fad. We're not going to do online gaming. Yeah. You're all crazy. Like, it, it's a fad. And and here's uh, Nintendo. You did tell me that. They're being very Nintendo. They're acting very like Nintendo when it came to came to these things. Like, oh, disc-based games? <laughs> no, cartridges are the way to go. Like, you, you, it's a fad. So, uh, to me, Sony is making a mistake, and they're only going to hurt themselves in a short period and in the long run, unless they do something quick. All right. Anything else on this topic before we move on? No. Next topic. Disney turns to video games to make the theme park lines fun. All right. So this one I thought was an interesting topic because we all know going to a theme park can be brutal sometimes. Long lines, hot weather, you got kids they don't they don't tolerate that very well mm-hmm. but disney decided to develop an app that you can use on your phone that is only usable when you're in their theme parks and you can get to play custom games while you wait in line this is their answer to long lines and to me i just felt like this was a complete and utter waste of development and engineering from from what do they call them the Imagineers or whatever? Yes. Yeah. I think this is this is the dumbest thing I've seen come out of Disney when it comes to trying to solve a problem. Because if I have to wait five hours to ride a roller coaster, I don't care about an app. I don't care about a game that I get to play while I stand in a hundred degree weather waiting to ride a two minute roller coaster. The problem is you have not solved the long line issue. And yeah, maybe I have a fast pass and I can and I can cut down on that, but you only sell so many of those. So what happens to the other 90% of people that, you know, don't get to the park early enough or 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 don't have the money to pay for a fast pass. They they get stuck with 5 hours but they get to play, you know, yeah, a, there's a an app phone app. A phone app. I just think it's dumb. I think this is a whole like this is what you come up with. 
Imagineers? I think it's I think it's genius. Let me tell you why. And you tell me why. This is and I'll tell you why you're wrong. This is 100% not geared towards Grimlock the Dino 9, all right? This is geared towards Grimlock the Dino 9's 7-year-old that's standing in line with him and like poking his side and going, "Daddy, I'm bored. Daddy, I'm bored." When's this? When are we gonna be able to go on the ride? Like, all I have to do is give him a phone with one of the eight million apps that are already on my phone. Yeah, why not make it a Disney one? Kids love Disney because there's too many people in the in the theme park. So when I go to download their app, I can't because my network's jammed. So here, play Angry Birds. It's already loaded on my well, phone. That's because you have T-Mobile. I don't have T-Mobile. That's Deadite. I'm a T-Mobile guy. <laughs> So how do you feel about? It? Do you think L would would enjoy this? I think L would get a kick out of this. So so let me drop some knowledge on everyone listening to the podcast. My wife did her master's thesis on queue lines at Disney parks. She flew all the way down to Florida to do research. What a scammer! I'm gonna fly to Disney World for my thesis. So uh, you know we've talked about it a lot. So my wife knows a ton about the waiting line process at Disney World. She's a former Disney employee. And she, her research was around the design of the lines. And her theory that she was trying to prove was that the more interactive a line is, the more going on in a line, the more the wait times felt lessened. Her theory was not correct. It didn't matter if the line had a million robots and games and screens to look at or if it had nothing in it, an hour wait still feels like an hour wait. Mm -hmm. What she did find is the time of day had a lot to do. If it was like right after lunch, it might feel a little bit quicker. Like there were certain times of the day where people perceive the waits to be longer because of them being tired or the mood they were in or like what part of the day. So that actually had more to do with it. So Jazz, you bring a good point. Maybe this is helpful for the little kid in line, but in general, I don't think it's going to have much of an effect. Here, here's the thing. You only have so much battery on your phone. If your kid's on it for the six hours you're standing in line at Disney World, your whole phone's going to be dead. Then you miss out on all your pictures. You need your phone because you have to download the Disney app before you go to Disney World to book your Fast Passes. Now, I don't believe Fast Passes cost any additional money. They used to. They don't anymore. People are guaranteed three three Fast Passes when they get to the park. But they're you limited. Can, they're limited to three. They, there's only certain you know certain amount per day that are allowed for each ride, um, and then more open up throughout the day. So you can actually pre-book your fast passes. I think up to a week in advance. This is, oh God. Again, I, I'm I'm married to the at, Queen yeah. of Disney. Too so much at, this, work. at this point, what do we do? Do we just build more Disneyland's or Disney Worlds or Disney Place? Whatever I mean, we're going to call want, the next one. If like, you want my honest opinion. If you're going to sit here and say we only can have this many passes and we can only do this many stuff, like I think you need to reduce the amount of people you allow in your park every day. Yeah. I, like I, I don't want to sit there and say that there's a sold out sign for, for the theme park, but guess what? There's a sold out sign for concerts. There's a sold out sign for all sorts of other events. There needs to be a limit. And I mean, yes, there is a limit to Disneyland like like anywhere. You, there's, a, there's a limit to how many people can go eat in a restaurant. Mm. But... I think it needs to be reduced. It needs to be the crowd control has to be better. And with a company that wants to sit there and bring as many people through the door as they can because of revenue, that's hard to justify. But at the same time, waiting five hours to ride a two minute roller coaster is insane. See, I love it because while 
everyone is in line for five hours riding that roller coaster. I'm off riding five other rides while they wait for the one ride. So everyone can flock to one ride that I don't want to ride. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I guess well, my, my frustration, though, ride. Yeah, my frustration is I was like, if I was going to Disney World right now, yeah. I would like to go see the Avatar exhibit. Super long wait. Super long right now. Two to three hours just to go see the Avatar exhibit. And it's like, okay, well, that's what I came here for. I came to see the to, to uh, when st- is Star Wars launched yet? No. Or, yeah. No. When Star Wars launches, that's why I want I want to go. I think it launches at L and I may go to Disney World in October. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think it's it launching soon. after that. Yeah. So I mean that's why I want to go. And if I can't like when you think about five hours to ride mm-hmm. on the Slinky Dog Toy Story roller coaster. More of a children oriented roller yeah. coaster. Five hours. How many hours are you at the theme park? Well, it, it depends on... Okay, if you're there with little kids, maybe six or seven hours, L and I go open to close. Like, we go ham, but we're also in our close? 20s. I think... Okay, we don't usually get there quite at open, but I think the park opens at 9 a.m. If you're on the residence, I think it's 8 a.m. If you're, like, staying at one of the resorts, you can go basically 9 to midnight or 9 to 11, depending on what the extra magic hours so are. So 9 to midnight, okay. so what are we talking here? We're talking... 15 hours. Yeah. 15, yep. So five of those to go on one roller coaster. I wouldn't do it. A third. Uh, yeah, one one third of your day to ride a roller coaster. That's and insane. So, and the thing is, is a, a Disney ticket. That. A Disney ticket, I think, ranges from a hundred to a hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. So if you if per you just person. portion that out, you're spending a lot of money to ride that 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 two minute ride. Yeah. A third of your time, two hundred and sixty dollars for both of you to go. Now I know you have some hookups, but normal, two people normal. The, the hookup well's running yeah, dry. $260 <laughs> and then a third of your time to ride one ride. That yeah. is messed up. And and to sit here and talk about how um, Imagineering and all the and, and how video games are becoming so important to to Disney and all the stuff. And I'm not I'm not saying they're not. Video games are clearly, you know, we're watching what Fortnite's doing to to the world right now. So yes, it, it's impactful, it's important, and it's the way things are going, so you should be involved in video games. But this is not, like, I don't care for you to try to put a distraction in front of me yeah. for me to not think about how poorly you the, are. The line yeah. well, a pro tip <laughs> is, instead of downloading this game app to entertain your children, what you need to do is just have the Disney World or Disneyland app and you need to get on it, and while you're f- getting close to riding every ride, you need to check the wait times on every other ride. And you just jump from, you make a list of the rides you want to hit, and you jump whichever has a short queue time. Choose, choose that and jump between the rides. That's how you do it. Yeah. Pro tip, not involving video games, check your queue times on the app. I think I would be okay with something like this if it was something that was giving me an education about Disney, maybe. So... Obviously, this looks like it's going to be geared more towards little kids. They're going to have these little cutesy games that you can play. If it was almost like a trivia crack where I can learn about like the rides at Disney and like even in more in depth about Disney in general, I think that'd be really cool. I think it would help me at least for the first <laughs> maybe couple hours be like, all right, this is okay because I'm learning things about Disney. Disney I didn't know but before. what about when it's 100 degrees outside and they have all their misters going so you can't even have your phone on anyways because it's going to get water damaged. It's true. 
Well, we just got to get one of those waterproof cases, man. OtterBox. <laughs> now, what would be Guaranteed. good? What would be good is if you could earn points on your app that would get you an extra fast pass. You play the games, you do the trivia or oh. whatever, do things, and then that gets you an uh, a shorter wait time to meet Mickey Mouse or Cinderella, or it gets uh, you know, yeah, like you, tickets. You, you get like a little stuffed toy or something. Yeah, yeah you if, give you give the app purpose at that point. Then right. yeah, then 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 it's a way more useful tool. And I think I think the interaction you get out of your fan base is going to be astronomically higher. So incentives to play yeah. the game. Yeah. So all right, let's move it on. The uh, good call on the incentives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Patreon news pick of the week. Every week we let our patrons <sighs> vote. Every week, we let our patrons vote on some news topics. The top one becomes our third topic of the show. And today, they picked, they wanted to hear our memories. They wanted us to kind of go down memory lane and talk about some of our purchases at Toys R Us as we bid farewell to the toy store that we all grew up with. A toy store that I think all of us here can say, We've, uh, we've been to many times. We have stories. Yes, uh, recent years may have not been the best, uh, but overall, Toys R Us is a special place in my heart. Um, I'm going to bring out the last thing I ever bought from Toys R Us. It was after they announced they were going out of business, and I, uh, I just had to go buy something. So my wife and I went, and we were shopping around. The sales weren't that great. I mean, that's not necessarily why we were there, but... I, I talked to the employees, and they were all, I mean, these people were, they liked working there. Like, they act, they liked, you know, like, we make fun of Best Buy, right? And, and we have our memories, and there were good times at Best Buy, but these people actually liked being part of Toys R Us. And so, um, it was definitely, like, depressing. It was sad, for sure. Yeah. But I, uh, I noticed the Pikachu 2DS new 2DS. Don't want to get anybody confused. XL. New 2DS XL. Yep. Oh, sorry. Sorry. There we go. Um, and I realized it, it brought me back to one of my memories that I had with Toys R Us, and that was when I got my one of my first hand when, when I got my own first handheld. So, like, my parents had bought me an original Game Boy, but, like, the first time I went to go get my own handheld system was Toys R Us, and that was to go get the brand new Game Boy Advance. And I had to get that Glacier style Game Boy Advance. I rode my BMX bike. I'm probably, I don't know, four miles is probably where the closest Toys R Us was for me. So, um, and I remember, you know, getting that, getting, um, man, what was the first game I bought? I don't remember the first game, but I bought the system. I remember getting home and whatever game it was that, that I bought with it, booted it up. I was so excited. And then I like threw it in the case that I bought. Well, the case that I bought had a carabiner on it that got tucked inside the case. I had this thing maybe 30 minutes and I put a scratch right across the screen because of that carabiner. And that was the free case that that, uh, Toys R Us gave me. And I was like so bummed, so upset. And I remember riding my bike all the way back up there and telling them, you know, what happened. And my parents weren't with me. Like, this was just like, I literally took my piggy bank and broke it and, like, gathered everything and, and went there. And I remember the, the lady taking my Game Boy, going and talking to what I would assume was the manager, and bringing me a, a new Game Boy Advance. 
and I was just like, you know, even though I was a kid and maybe I didn't appreciate it as much as I do right the way I think about it now, like I just was like amazed because I thought for sure I was screwed. So that's my memory of Toys R Us. Like I bought my, my Dreamcast came from Toys R Us. You know, so many X Men figures came from Toys R Us. That, that, like when you thought of toys, that's where you went. And and so you know, I mean, my Jeffrey bucks that my grandma used to get me. And and man, what's gonna happen to Jeffrey? He's not of a job. Yeah. I mean, He's getting sent to the glue factory. It's, oh. it's super sad, but I am I am very glad to have the memories that I have uh, with the, with the toy store. Yeah, um, memories. The most recent purchase I had made from Toys R Us would be uh, right here. If you're watching us on Twitch.tv slash Gamezilla Media, uh, for those of you that aren't, it is the. Godzilla Funko Pop that I uh, spray painted gold for an award that we did our last Nerd Barbecue, um, and he has our a game on wristband across his head like a headband. Um, I remember back when we were doing Pop Hunters, <laughs> we uh, would go into Toys R Us all of the time to see what they had, and it was the first. And I was always looking for Godzilla, couldn't find all the Pop Hunts we went to, never seen Godzilla till we went into the one out in West Oaks and happened to have a Godzilla on the shelf and I was like, oh yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs> so bottom up, uh, he sat um, in my in my shelf in my room for a little bit and then I brought him to the studio and then uh, we, we made him into a trophy. Um, that's the most recent purchase. Um, I remember my first purchase myself at Toys R Us growing up. I got my first bike from Toys R Us. It was a Huffy, right? It's just a little normal bike you know, had the training wheels on it. My parents had bought it for me for my birthday or some sort yeah, of This event, was like right? four years ago. Four, four or five years ago. Yeah. You still Tess have, still, still, have still needs the... training wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't have anything to say. I got nothing to say. Uh, That's not a bad word. And we've, done so <laughs> we've done so good. I can't cluck this up right now. So, um, I remember getting the bike, and then my mom took a, my sister and I to Toys R Us uh, the following weekend, and uh, we had our piggy bank money, like you had mentioned, and they were like, you can get whatever you want with, with your piggy bank money. And I remember at the time, I thought it was so cool, and looking back, I was like, man, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> but I got those little beads that you would snap onto the spokes yes! of your tire. Yeah. So that way when you rode it, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> and I put those things on. I'm riding around the school making all this noise. Sound like a rain stick. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I just remember how like excited I was to Puppy. buy little beads to snap onto my tire. Bike make I, I'm just curious how much bike makers hated those things because like they 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 tried to make bearings and try to make these 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 devices so that they were as quiet as can be. Right. And then these kids buy things to make them sound like the bike's falling apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was so cool though. And looking back at it, man, that was kind of super dumb. I just have to reference because I completely spaced about something that is super important that came from Toys R Us. My Virtual Boy. Mm. I picked up Virtual Boy when it was already dead. My dad didn't know any better, and I was like, yeah, I want it. Yeah, I need it. And it was like 50 bucks, and you got the Virtual Boy and like all the games that they had at the time, which was like three. They're like, yep, here you go, $50 bundle. Just get it out the door, no refunds. It, was, it, it amused me for about 25, 25 minutes, and I was like, wow, this is bad. Go ahead. 
So Grim did a lot of thunder stealing because I was going to reminisce about how fun it was playing the Virtual Boy at Toys for Us. Oh, so well, there you go. We could build off uh, of it. Build you know, off of it. I just thought it was so cool. Like I just remember going and, and playing the Virtual Boy there. And I just have really distinct memories of the way the store was laid out at that point and how the, the game department wasn't tucked away in that corner at the time. The video game department was more out in, like in the side of the store. Because nowadays, if you would have gone into a Toys R Us, it was like in that front corner was, yeah. was the game area. Right. Um, I distinctly remember loving getting my, my Peter Pan sword from the movie Hook. <laughs> at a Toys R Us that yeah. had a bell in the handle. Yep, yep. That I got it at a Toys R Us. I remember being there and buying it and just like I don't know. I need to get my parents at it because I'm sure it's still up there. Just that was like one of my favorite toys of my childhood. It's so annoying. Just going on ringing a bell inside a sword. Um, so I distinctly remember that. But what I was going to talk about is for my favorite Toys R Us moment and the moment I've always appreciated Toys R Us for um, was. <laughs> When I purchased my handheld, my own handheld for the first time, <laughs> that wasn't the original Game Boy that my parents bought me. So super similar stories. Um, you know, it was uh, the summer of two thousand and one. I had ju- it was the day I first day of summer vacation. I had saved up money for a long, long time. Read my Nintendo Power magazines. Just getting excited for this new Game Boy Advance. Now, Grim, did you pre-order yours? Yes. Okay. I did not because you had more forethought being five years older than me. So I was like 11 and maybe 12 or whatever. And my mom drove me. It felt like five or six different stores. We went to we went to Kmart. We went to Best Buy. We went all these different stores. Every time going to one, I'm, I'm sorry, sold out. I'm sorry, sold out. I'm sorry, sold out. And I had like my my $120 in my pocket or whatever I was going to need. Um and we finally we made it to Toys R Us, and you know my mom's like, "This is this is the last stop, like last place we're trying." We go in, and they had they only had the purple one. I didn't care what color. <laughs> right. I love my Indigo, technically Indigo yep. Game Boy Advance, and I bought it. I bought the the matching purple worm light. And the free case. I was so excited to get that free case. Nowhere else was giving out a free case. Nope. So that was like a bonus to me. Uh, I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, which was actually a really nice version of the game. It's super playable, and I had a great That's time. That's what the game was. Yes. yes. That was uh, so much fun. And like considering it was a... You know, a downscaled version, like a whole whole new rebuild of the it at the time what well. was like yeah. the best PS2 game. It was a top down isometric view opposed to like third person view. I mean, again, if you've never played, if if you went back now and played Tony Hawk Two on the Game Boy Advance, which is something I have recently done, of course you have. Uh, you you would be like, this is horrible. How did anyone play this? But it was so far beyond what the Game Boy or the Game Boy Color could do. Mm-hmm. The thought of playing a fun version of Tony Hawk playable in a handheld was incredible. And I just remember going home and, you know, no backlight, so still sitting under the lamp, just playing it until I ran the batteries out and uh, found out that worm light really drains your batteries pretty bad. But I was always just, there was that part of me that was super thankful to Toys R Us just for having it and giving me the free case because that, it was my first experience of buying my own video game system. I saved up my money and I bought it. You, you and I yep. have the same memory, same game, same, you know, yeah. different, different Toys R Us location, but it was it was really special to me, and that Game Boy Advance has always been really special to me because of the first one I bought on my own. Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's the same with the Dreamcast too. I mean, that, that I'll always remember where I got it from, and and also being sold a uh, Japanese version and told that I could uh, play American games on it, and then I was lied to by Gibraltar Trade Center. Yeah, but Toys R Us <laughs> made it right. I will. I'll have to say your story reminded me that my cousin and I almost got kicked out of a Toys R Us because of the Peter Pan toys, and we would just run <laughs> around the building going Rufio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's unmute test here. Let's hear his memories of Toys R Us. You better not be buying a GBA. I'm going to fight you. It's not buying a GBA. <laughs> uh, so two memories. One, I bought... Well, I didn't buy. Uh, my parents bought me my first Pokemon game at the local Toys R Us. I got Pokemon Blue. Um, I mean, that's my first memory of going to Toys R Us. I really only have one other memory of going to Toys R Us as a little bit more of a youth than uh, than an adult going in there and being salty that I couldn't find my pop vinyls and then make it a scene about I know they're in the back and then leaving. Um, I don't know how old I was. Old enough to drive and make dumb decisions. So let's say 16, 17. I remember I really wanted an Imperial Star Destroyer Lego. I needed a Darth Vader minifigure and that was like the cheapest set at the time that, that I could get it. So I remember on this faithful day I sold my PlayStation 2, uh, a couple controllers, and I don't know what games, for like a hundred bucks, went up to Toys R Us and spent a hundred and thirty dollars on the one hundred dollar MSRP Lego set, and that's why those jerks went out of service because they've been ripping me off for twelve years. Get the heck out of here, Toys R Us! I'm not gonna miss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what else? When we used to do the um, Pokemon trading card tournaments at Toys yeah. R Us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to go and lay some working on some yep, grown yep. men. There'd be grown <laughs> men in there playing Pokemon cards, getting salty, getting beaten by me when I'm like 10 or 11. But see, if you think about it, all of our stories come from back when Toys R Us was trying to do unique things. Yeah. yeah. They were like, we did go there for the events, and, we, and, and they were giving away things, and other people weren't doing that. They had uniqueness to them, and then, and then that's the problem that everybody's saying. You know, Test, um, you know, they're not, they weren't competitive, and we saw it on, in the Twitch, uh, the Twitch stream here that people are saying, you know, why go fight lines when I can order something off Amazon and have it in two days? Like, yes, they weren't, I'm not mad that they failed because they didn't do anything to save themselves. They didn't reinvent themselves. They didn't, they, they just, they never fixed it. But I am sad because it was my toy store, you know? And like, like I'll never forget the jingle. Like I'll never, you know, like I don't want to grow up. Like I want to be a Toys R Us kid. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys of Toys R Us that I can play with. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the greatest toy store there is. Gee whiz! I don't want to grow up, because maybe if I did, I could be a Toys R Us kid. Like all of these millennials, that'll never be one, because they're closed. <laughs> wow. So so I want to say, Remix! I think, I think part of the issue with, <laughs> with me and Toys R Us is I have gone in there several times as an adult. And there's only one time I didn't feel weird as a grown man shopping at Toys R Us, and it was buying a sit and spin for my nephew. Anytime I'm buying, like, a Mortal Kombat <laughs> action figure or I'm buying video games, I was kind of like, I feel a little awkward being in this toy store 
surrounded by like families and children trying to buy something. And that's one of the reasons I didn't go there is I just felt out of place there. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it never bothered me, but that's because I never grew up. So. Yeah. Like uh, every t- I, well, I go I'm not allowed to go by schools, so I shouldn't be allowed to poison. <laughs> <around. laughs> well, that's different. Yeah, that's different. If the if the government found out I was there, there'd be a problem. Yeah, probation broken. I don't know. I'm just sad. I know uh, KB Toys is already making moves. To I was a, I was kinda, a KB kid more to be honest. Yeah. See, I was a Toys R Us kid for sure. But yeah, it's the same feeling like when we lost Funko Land. Because Funkoland was like that place that you went mm. to. So. Funkle, yeah, Funkoland, you're right. Funkoland, the day Funkoland died was, I mean, GameStop's, ne- I've never liked GameStop. So, like, because of what they did to Funkoland. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's sad. Uh, we've seen the pictures of Jeffrey with the suitcase and just mm. like, you know, I uh, Deadite went on the last day <laughs> that, and literally it was just bare. There I could have bought shelves? You could have bought shelves. Like, yeah, how, they're selling their shelving units. How depressing was it to be in there on that last day? It, it was pretty sad because, you, like, yeah, you do look around. There are the memories. It is. I did go to the Toys R Us that you grew up going to, yep. and, you know, I walked through the video game. Like, I really thought I was going to walk in there and there was going to be, like, a few knickknacks or anything. It was like there was, like, a, a bone hand uh, in a box, and there was, like, some, like one anime toy on the shelf, and that was like it. Other than that, it was like you could buy shelves. I thought about buying a DVD rack for my basement for displaying my games, but I was like, how am I going to hang this on my concrete wall? Like I was like, yeah, I forget it. That happen. You know, I'm just saying. But it was, it was. There were so many people flocking in and out of the store and doing full laps around the store to just see that there was nothing in it, and it was just, I don't know. I kind of wish I didn't go. I kind of yeah. wish I remembered Toys R Us. Yep. As it was, not you know that last that last. That's yeah, gonna be my the, last the, memory of Toys R Us. Barren wasteland. Yeah, that it was. I, that's kind of how. I, I mean, it wasn't barren for me, but when I picked up my last item, I was like, I, I could have like a. I could have got this actually for a better price somewhere else, but it was the idea that I wanted the receipt. I wanted the like not that the receipt's gonna last very long. But I could take right. a picture of the receipt and like I just wanted the memory. Go we'll put it in the box. I wanted the I wanted the memory. And so, like for me though, when I left, like by the time I left, how how much of a just depressing sight it was. I kind of was like the same idea. I was like, man, I almost wish I wouldn't have gone in, and 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 I didn't go back because we were like, hey, everything's fifty percent off now. Hey, everything like when there was still stuff, the sales got better. I didn't go back because I, the sale wasn't enough for me to go through that again and be like and bum myself out that this yeah. was happening. It's like losing a piece of childhood, man. Yeah, I went and tried to buy some board games like two months ago while Al was shopping for like a wedding shower present. I was like, I'm gonna be at Toys R Us next door, and uh, I don't know, all the board games were like real little kid board games, and like you could see where the more like adult board games, like the more serious board games, were gone. And I almost bought a Zelda Monopoly that was there mm. because I was like, this is like, but I was like, I already have Pokemon Monopoly, I don't need Zelda Monopoly, and that was the end of that. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks, thanks, patrons, for ripping our hearts out and stomping on them. That's normally what I do. So reliving good memories, man. Got to think of it positively. That's right. All that right. Rufio sword, we, Jazzy knows. <laughs> That's right. Let's move into our last news topic, and that is Google is reporting, uh, reportedly making a game console in the future that can compete with PlayStation and Xbox. This was something I shared in the Discord, and that I you jumped on it with with the idea of like, oh wow, this is actually really interesting, because 
it's been a long time since we've had someone new kind of step in and try to shake shake it up. Um, yeah, we've had like some some smaller companies trying to release some systems, but like the last one I remember was when Microsoft kind of was like, "Yeah, we're jumping in." I'll have a video for the patrons about the Atari VCS coming out soon. Side note, because it's, it's really never coming out. That's, it's only coming. I had an editing the, problem tonight. No, no, no. I mean, I mean the, the, Atari. Oh, the VCS. <laughs> you have to watch my video to find out what I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's never coming out. Um, not your video. I was I like, have, you know, I was working I, on it before the show. I have faith that the video is coming out. Don't, I just don't think the system's ever coming. Why out. are you so cruel to the patrons? <laughs> yeah. I know we just talked about Toys R Us, but how are they going to watch it on VHS? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's all they had left at Toys R Us to buy, okay? <laughs> we didn't have any DVD-Rs. Okay. Anyways, so Google has, uh, nothing's confirmed, but there's just been a lot of rumor around the idea that they're making a, a advanced stream box video game console that uh, they believe, you know, with the future of cloud-based gaming and everything that's happening... This is going to be the next big thing, but they, but with, you know, concept that it will compete with the big boy consoles of PlayStation and Xbox. So what do you think of a new, you know, a new company? And yes, Google's huge, right? So, I mean, this, this is, there's two ways to look at this. What do you think of it for the industry, the video game industry? And what do you think of Google being the company that wants to step in? Oh, for the industry... I think it potentially has the ability to to grasp people being a cloud-based gaming unit. And the fact that it is Google is the only way I think this is going to survive. Because I hate to tell Google this, but there was this thing called the Steam Box or the Steam Machine that kind of like didn't work. And it was pretty much the same thing. However, this was Steam as well. So um, if Google has the ability to get everything onto it, so if they're going to be able to get pretty much any game you could possibly get onto their device, then I think they have a chance. If it's just going to be something that <laughs> Google is going to have to buy the rights to and you're going to have a limited number of things that you're going to be able to play on it, I think they're going to suffer. Okay, so you think that because it's Google, it has a chance, and that's fair because it's Google. Right. What I want to know now is that it's Google, okay? They can buy whatever they want because right. they're that's Google. I'm saying. They're going to have so to. So let's, let's revisit this question. What do you think it's going to do? Do you like this idea for the video game industry when someone like Google can step into your industry and literally say, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine, and, oh, it's all exclusive on my box now. Sorry. Like, this is... Uh, for the industry, I hate it. I think it's awful. I, having it all be monopolized in one area is awful. But if we're going to take this back three articles ago, this is the only way we're going to get cross-play with Sony. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Sony still will not play nice. Google will just buy Sony. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, and everything. Wow. And Google does not want to take on that that bloodshed. That is, <laughs> Sony is not doing well financially. PlayStation is one of their only successful. That's what I was about to say. Lines. Yeah, yeah I was one hundred percent say that. Is that PlayStation is a successful part of Sony? Uh, pretty much everything else is a disaster. <laughs> not doing well. And by pretty much, I mean everything else is a disaster. <laughs> um. 
You know, so I mean, what do you, uh, Dada? What do you think? Uh, concerns or you're excited about it? I mean, I'm always excited. Like, if Sega tomorrow said we're back, I think all three of us on this table might actually be really excited because we want to see what they were going to do. Just kind of like I think you were excited about Atari until it started to look like a giant pyramid scheme. Information coming in a Patreon exclusive <laughs> video. Make sure you're a patron to get this video. Um, but but yeah, what do you think? What what it's going to take would certainly be exclusives. That's my mic. Um, <laughs> I stop. Okay. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh, there has to, there has to be exclusive and there has to be developer support. You. For anything to succeed, there there needs to be the game games to support it. You can't put this out as being another Android box like the Ouya. It can't be that. It could be a super powerful Ouya and it's still not going to get the support. It has to have exclusive games that people are excited about. They need to have intellectual properties to support it. So they need to snatch up a developer. They need to get the big score and get Yacht Club and then have Shovel Knight 2 being exclusive to whatever Google. So they, they need to land those things and they need to be able to promote that to sell this. Um, if it is priced the same as, you know, PlayStation or, or an Xbox, it's a tough sell because I think anytime you're getting above a $200 price point, those systems already have a built-in infrastructure. They already have a large library of games and they already have a history of success. So being the, the new sister, you're going to come out at a $300 price point. And unless you have a ton of sweet games... That's tough. That's tough for me to say. It's going to be successful. No, we're going okay, to get bejeweled but, but too. Again, no, but again, you're okay. So I think I think we're looking at this all the wrong way. This the scary the scary part about this is that it's Google. So, okay, Microsoft just bought five studios. Mm -hmm. Google could just go buy fifty studios. Every studio that you care about could all of a sudden be owned by Google, and they could simply play the game of Sony and say, "Guess what? We bought all these, so they're only on our our system." Then it's it doesn't come down to the history that Nintendo's been has a good system has a bad system has a good yeah. system you know like track record so they could kill the industry tr track record sure you got systems but I can look at Microsoft Sony and Nintendo and look at ups and up and down in a very roller coaster style where it's like no there hasn't been honestly a consistent positive climb from any of these companies it's true but Google. Like how people tr like okay, unless you're an Apple fan, people trust Google. They they live by Google. So, the idea to put out that box just like Apple has, you know, there's been rumors around Apple ever putting out a video game console as well. Is that you? You already have an infrastructure of fan base, you know, Android users and and, and other and other people that already live and breathe Google. The Google Play ecosystem exists already. Right. So they already have a shop. But to go out mm -hmm. there and buy Valve and go out there and buy, like, these companies that were talked about being bought by others, you know, like, yeah, you, you know, like, you can't go out and buy Microsoft, you know, but you could go out and, could you, you're Google, could you technically go out and buy EA? I mean, if you wanted to, if, if EA was interested. All I'm saying, if Google buys Gorilla Studios, pfft. Google for life. Well, they, I mean, Sony owns them right now, so they have to buy Sony. But they could also they could buy Sony. That's what I mean. 
again, not that you want to own all of Sony, but just like Nokia selling off their phone side of their company, Sony sold their laptops off at one point. Okay, the, their laptops weren't even Sony anymore. Do do we think people had the same conversation in like the year two thousand when the Xbox got announced? Did everyone go, "Oh, it's Microsoft! They're gonna buy everyone"? Because I'd be curious financially, what's the difference between Microsoft and Google? They're both massive, and we are seeing Microsoft make those moves to buy buy developers. And you make a really good point that Google can do it, um, and there's nothing to stop them. But I wonder, what's the financial deficit between the two? Like, how close are they fin- financially? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're both behemoths. But, yeah. but I, think, I think the point here is that if Google, first of all, if Google is going to put out this system, they, they need to buy Honestly, they need five anchor studios. I'd love to see them come out the gate and say, we acquired, I don't know, Bethesda. <laughs> like, like we acquired Bethesda. That would sell systems. If they, yeah. if they bought Bethesda. And because we acquired systems. Bethesda, they also got ID and they also got Arcane Studios. Mm-hmm. And they got, you know, they have, they have a whole, like, they have a whole infrastructure now, right? Um, but... And because of that, then they can then they can draw those people who are like, yeah, I don't have to go out and buy all these indie companies or all these smaller developers because I have this these anchor developers now. Like I'm taken more seriously that you can come to my platform. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not the uh, what was that little cube called? Ooh yeah, ooh yeah. The glitch has one. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just I worry about the idea that Google comes in. And just eats up some of the market and and forces their hand on people. And I don't think Google necessarily, because of the way they've done other things, they might be very kind of open source style where they're not going to maybe. But at the same time, if you're releasing a video game console, it is kind of important to have some sort of exclusive content. And that's where you, you know it comes into play is that. I mean, just think about it. If they if Google went out and bought Bethesda, because I believe. When you think of, yeah, when we compare Microsoft and Google, we sit there and we kind of put them up on a similar pedestal. But if I said Google and Bethesda, I don't think you'd put them on the same pedestals. No, no. I mean, Google is right there with Apple and Microsoft for companies that run the world. Right. So then, but if I told you that I take, that I own Bethesda now, you instantly credit me as a video game company. It's true. There, there's there's so just clout a, within the industry. There's credibility. Yeah. If they bought any major studio, if they came out and said, we bought Ubisoft. Right. There's another good one, Ubisoft, which you pull a lot of IPs and a lot of studios again. You know, you would, you, you know, you'd uh, set yourself up well. But then you could sit there and say Division exclusive, you know, um, um, Assassin's Creed exclusive. But if you t- take Bethesda and you go, hey, um, we own Bethesda now. Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 exclusive to the Google Box. I'm buying a Google Box. My wife is buying a Google Box. Yeah. Doesn't mean I won't buy an Xbox or I won't buy a PlayStation, but guess what? I'm adding a new a new system to my collection. I, I'm blanking on the game, but there... Oh, no, I'm not. I'm dumb. Final Fantasy we know, we sold know. PlayStations. Yes. One, one square took... Final Fantasy VII and put it on the PlayStation, that helped the PlayStation sell because it jumped from being something that was on Nintendo. That That's a situation where you could see the same thing. You see systems sold from Google acquiring a major studio that produces a popular game series. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. Okay, I got it. Okay, I'm listening. Oh, you got some numbers for us? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Quarterly earnings, to the best of my research... 
for 2018. What did you use for that research? Google. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Microsoft, Microsoft uh, $24.5 billion. Google, $31.9 billion. Very close, yeah. Oh, absolutely, okay. Yeah, you're not buying Microsoft. But if Microsoft wanted out of the video game business, could you buy the Xbox brand? Totally could. You know, that's 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 the the point. Especially the way Microsoft's broken up now, like they could easily buy. That's what I mean. It's Xbox yeah, it's its own from, wing, right? Yeah, it's just like Sony's trying to sell off their their whole movie section right now. Well, not Sony Fox, isn't that Fox? That's Fox. Fox, Fox is selling yeah. off right now. Yeah, Sony's just a disaster. That's all. I get the two mixed up. One's selling, and the other one's on fire. So I mean, same thing. <laughs> um, Tess, do you have any input on this one? You want to unmute our video friend over here? Nope. You got nothing? Uh, the only thing I found super compelling about this uh, article is that they're creating a you know a box to compete with Sony and Microsoft because they know they can't compete with Nintendo. Oh, there we go. I mean, it's fair. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Face of Switch. All right, well... That's our news. For these topics and much more, visit gameslovemedia.com. Hit the blogs up. We are writing blogs all the time. Vlogs from some of us, maybe talking about new Atari systems and how they're definitely coming out. Patreon exclusive. That's right. Gotta um, be a patron to get that video. Yeah, sorry. So that one's on Patreon. My bad. I'm advertising that wrong. But blogs where we write about the news, we talk about topics like this, opinion pieces from Testonomics, talking about why the, he's not scared of the Google box, all sorts of different things happening at gameslimedia.com. <sighs> I'm not going to lie. A lot of my momentum got pulled out of me with that Toys R Us stuff. Blame the patrons. I don't blame the patrons. They wanted they wanted to hear our, they wanted to hear our stories, but those stories just took it out of me. I just want to be a Toys R Us kid <laughs> forever. <laughs> I will be a Toys R Us kid forever. I still have a Jeffrey Buck. I saved one Jeffrey Buck. I don't know where it's at, but I have one. I think it's in like my my parents had that like chest with like all my kid stuff yeah, in it keepsake stuff so it's probably just it's probably just a piece of paper now like it's all faded and gone but who knows can i tell you five years ago i walked into a mcdonald's with the paper mcdonald ronald mcdonald dollars and bought a couple mcdoubles with them and the boys were like where did you get this i go the old lady who i mow her lawn like gave me these years ago and like i was like mm, here you go man what you didn't know is those were valued at like a thousand dollars a piece well uh those are priceless hamburgers i don't, I don't regret them <laughs> All right. They tasted great. All right. Well, uh, million bucks. I don't think we're going to do uh, Mustard Bus this week because there's there's really nothing going on this week for a game release um, that's major. Talk about all the random games coming out on Switch. <laughs> there's there's a, 25 every week. There's a, Yeah, there's some real random games coming out, and that's where you'll be able to catch my blog, uh, this week's games, where I'll talk about the releases coming up. So you are still going to get that at gameslomedia.com, but... I don't think we need to you know, uh, waste any time on the show today for that. So I think it's just, let's just move right into uh, eSports. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. So this is a little bit risky. Oh my God, Freiburg, are you kidding me? Ambition steals the Elder Dragon. Oh, let's break it. Damn! Well, 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 Mr. Grimlock... I know the Toys R Us story has got you down, and I'm just going to have to 
continue to keep you down because I have some sad news for you. 100 Thieves Medios has asked to be traded. That's right. Oh, I haven't even got my jersey yet. <laughs> you haven't got your jersey. You are, and he's going to get traded. I you can might throw want. stuff, right? Like, that's legitimate? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Don't no, do it. No swearing, but plenty of throw. Whoa, what? what was that? That was huge. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking down at my telephone. <laughs> it's a storm here at this arena. You might want to fix your, um, your little... Yeah, I don't My know windscreen. How, I don't know you how like I, hit just the windscreen. I don't know how I threw it that far. You're so far away. You're not in the right. same studio, that's for sure. Anyways, William Medios Hartman abruptly announced that he was traded to FlyQuest after his past Sunday night's games. 100 Thieves wrote a statement that said, and I quote, Medios asked us permission to talk to other teams about being traded, end quote, due to communication issues that he was having with the team. Problem is, without Medios, someday might get the boot as the NALCS import rules state that you are only allowed to use two imported players on any team at once. So they have Ryu, who isn't going to sit out because of his leadership reasons for the team, and then their academy jungler, which they have to use now, is Levi, or Levy. I'm sorry, they, he pronounces it Levy, from the Gigabyte Marines. Which means someday, who is also not a domestic player for another year, is going to have to get the boot. <laughs> oh, 100 Thieves, really screwed yourself up for this one. So wait, Medios is now on FlyQuest? Medios is currently a member of FlyQuest. But who's there? Like, is he going to be there starting? Oh, jungle? hold on. Oh. With FlyQuest oh, not having a starting position for Medios, <laughs> this means that all five Cloud9 first year roster players are now not starting in NALCS. Sneaky, not playing. Medios, not playing. High in Lemonation. No longer playing in NALCS. <laughs> like, and then Balls, who is also no longer playing starting role in NALCS. So, so you're saying last year's Cloud9 starters? No, no, no. No, the last. first year, like their inaugural year. Yeah, like years ago. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, the, the, when they when they first started up Cloud9. Okay, I'm with you. So do you like, um, do you just like sticking needles into my eyeballs and just like causing pain like I, I just told you I've already been bummed out and this this whole like I feel like all your little playing cards that you were just flipping <laughs> there were literally like like make them feel worse make them feel worse make them <laughs> make them you know punch yourself in the face I mean to be honest I'm super surprised by this story because I've watched pretty much every game of the NALCS for this whole year and I have not once seen on screen what seemed like communication problems with Medios and his team. Like, he always seemed to be in the right place at the right time, always working really well with Afro Moo down in the bot lane to to formulate, like, roaming ganks through the jungle. Like, I just don't But didn't I he say he, he asked for a trade? He asked for the trade because he felt like there was communication issues. Hmm. I think him and the coach don't get along very well, but... um. Yeah, so communication know. issues couldn't maybe not our teammates. Yeah, it it could it could have been from somewhere else. Um, I remember back in the day, Cloud Nine when Medios was rolling Lee Sin, and like nobody was as good of a Lee Sin player as, as Medios was in the jungle. So to see him get traded to FlyQuest, 
um, is going to be great for some people that uh, are FlyQuest fans. Um, I know Five Mile Rick is probably super excited to see somebody like Medios go over there. However, doesn't look like he has a starting position over there, so it kind of makes me worried uh, what the future Medios is going to be like. He might end up becoming a streamer again, which unfortunately is sad because... 100 Thieves legit pulled him out of streaming to bring him back to the uh, LCS. It's just crazy to think that they went from, like, the top team. Like, they finished first last split, didn't they? They finished, well, they finished the season in first and yeah. end up losing to Liquid in the finals. Right, yeah. but, but, I mean, they finished the season in first. Like, as a core team, we're only, what, Four weeks into this, three, three weeks into three this weeks season, in. and they're four and two, and currently tied for first right now. Yeah, and and so much has changed in that time, or maybe this was an ongoing problem. They were just putting up with it because they were having success. I don't know, but to me, it's just I don't. It's weird. I'm kind of waiting for more information to come out. Like I feel like there's more behind this. Yeah, especially with um, how well someday's been doing. I feel someday's been doing Great really job. well yeah. for 100 Thieves and. This past weekend has kind of saved the game a couple times yep. in uh, the games that they were playing this past weekend. So for him to kind of get the boot just because they can't have that many domestic players on their roster with Levy coming in, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. The, yeah, the problem, the major problem here, though, is is that Chops, if you're watching this, I don't want my jersey anymore. Because yeah. the only player I cared about is off the team now. I mean, I still want my jersey because I'm a big fan of Afromu. Oh, Afromu's on there. I'll still take my jersey. <laughs> but I want it for half price now. Yeah, definitely half price. There I feel go. it. All right, next topic is going to be Rift Rivals. Going down this weekend, July 5th through 7th, five tournaments, five rivalries, five champions, but we only really care about one, North America versus Europe. We have the three locked in for both North America's representatives will be Team Liquid, Team Echo Fox, 100 Thieves versus Europe, Team Fnatic, Team Splice, and G2 Esports. I'm super excited for this because the funnel strat that happens to be this meta right now was born in Europe. So I kind of want to see how NA is going to do against the actual funnel strategy. Not good. I don't think they're going to do well. Not and uh, normally NA does very well in the Rift Rival tournaments against Team Europe. And I have a feeling they're going to get their butt kicked. Sorry, Team North America. I'm still rooting for you. But you're probably going to get your butt kicked. Yeah. I just, I'm not feeling good about it. Anyways, our last and final esports topic. Elon Musk's AI is aiming to compete in the Dota 2 International Tournament. That's right. AI, Elon Musk's AI company, OpenAI, will be sending its new and improved bot, OpenAI 5, to this year's International in August. The AI will have restrictions as it will not be able to ward. It will not be able to summon to no summons or illusions. And it can only use five of the 115 heroes. So once it selects its hero, that's the hero that it could be. So it can't change in between games and stuff like that. 
Last year's Open AI won a 1v1 match against Dota 2's best player, Dendai. They didn't, it didn't just win. It, it, just, it, it, it dominated. It's, it destroyed him. Destroyed him. Yeah. So now we are going to have a Dota 2 tournament that is going to have officially an AI team in it. The AI is going to be able to compete in the international tournament. What if it wins? Who gets the money? I don't know. However, I can tell you this one thing. The AI has learned from playing with itself hmm. over the last 180 games. So for Deadite, there's still hope. Actually, so yes. let's so let's get this this let's get this That's right. How I learn. It plays its it plays 180 games of with itself like was it daily? It, it was it's, or no, it's, it's 180 years worth of worth games. of games. Yeah, that to date from to, from its launch. Yeah. Okay. 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 Stop. It gets real T creepy. Yeah, Test. Are you able to somehow zoom the camera in on me, or is this is this as good as it's gonna get? No. No. I can't. Okay. Okay. Close enough. Listen, if you're watching or listening to the Gamezilla podcast, Elon Musk. Needs to be stopped immediately. He is quickly going down the route of supervillain, and this needs to stop immediately. He cannot take over the video game scene with AI robots because that turns into his AI taking over the entire world. Also, Deadites had enough of video games. Like, you can't make AI that's better than everybody else, he can't. He won't be able to play games at all. I can't even beat little kids, let alone a, a robot. So we need to stop Elon because, the, you know, this is, it's like, oh, I just want to build batteries for everyone. I want to build electric cars. Now it's, I want to build robots that can outsmart humans, and that's some Skynet kind of stuff, and I'm not going to have it. Can I can I freak you out some more? No, I don't want to be freaked out anymore. You know I'm afraid of killer robots. I'm, I'm going to freak him out some more. I'm going to freak him out some more. Here we go. Um, we were wrong. The uh, the system plays 180 years worth of matches against itself every day. No, 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 oh. no, no, no! I knew no. it was 180 years. I just didn't know it was daily. No, you cannot have computers that could do that because that that just me. They're gonna outsmart us and everything, and gonna, they're gonna kill us. But listen, this is it's still interesting because it trains using a scaled up version of um, this optimization that is running. 256 GPUs and 128,000 CPU cores. The only one, the only person that needs that many cores is a super villain. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had some pro uh, Dota 2 players sit in and uh, watch the yes. AI, and they literally tweeted out on their Twitters and stuff like that afterwards their that Twitters. Their, their, their Twitters. That the AI is playing competitive meta Dota two, they like took they're doing, <laughs> they're legit doing rotations and pushing the lanes that but are stronger not, and leaving the lanes that are weaker. Not only playing <laughs> meta, but they're playing where there is no greed. It, it is a hundred percent a balanced team because there's no superstar. There's no right. There's no 
issue. There's no media saying that there's communication issues and wanting a trade. Nope. It's just a robot beating everyone. They funnel into the area of the map that they feel is best for wind conditions at the current moment. It actually makes makes sacrifices. It starts with learning how to play a video game, (laughs) playing (laughs) hundreds of years in one day or whatever you guys just said. 180 years a day. 180 years a day. How quickly could that same computer learn how to steal all the money from all the banks in the world at one time? Uh, That's in five days. We cannot have this. <laughs> we cannot have it. I am going to figure out how to build like an EMP blaster to stop the killer robots from coming in and taking my livelihood, taking my life. I will tell you this. This article, as, as interesting and scary as it was for us here at GameZilla Media, gave me... <laughs> An interest in watching the Invitational at the end of the year for Dota 2. Like, I want to watch this tournament just to see how well the AI does. Look at Elon Musk. I've always thought he looked like a villain, and now he's showing signs of megalomania. Oh, he's a villain. We cannot have... Elon Musk needs to be stopped. This podcast will probably be shut down tomorrow (laughs) because Elon's going to hear about it. I mean, all those flamethrowers are going out. They have mind control chips built into them. He's Hank Scorpio from The Simpsons. (laughs) Only not fun. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm glad you picked that. I'm glad you picked that topic. I, 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 yeah, you I, said you sent it to me earlier today. I did. I did see it on the feed, and it was something I was going to click on. But then when you sent it to me, I was like, okay, if he's sending it to me, I have to read it now. Yeah, and, I just um, remembered us talking about the one-on-one like a year ago or whatever. I remember. I yep, remember that being yep. a topic, and I go, oh, it's gotten a lot worse, lots, yeah. lot scarier. So, uh, I I just I can't I can't even imagine, especially since um, Riot nowhere near uh, what Elon's doing with Dota Two over here as far as the AI are going. But the uh, Riot had uh, a while back, probably about six months ago, in, uh, introduced their advanced bots into League of Legends. However, you don't get to play the advanced bots; you get to play easy bots or intermediate bots and every now and again they'll randomly select your intermediate bot game to give you the advanced bots for the bots to learn right so I've played against the advanced bots in intermediate bots uh, a few times and oh my gosh are they so good I don't think I don't think think I've ever beaten them they roam they they like everything that I go into a bot game like okay, well they're not going to roam. We could we can you know jungles are free and we can they're not going to tower dive, so we don't got to worry about that. Get close enough to your tower and it's a free. No, they tower dive, they roam. They it was it's crazy. Yeah, and that's like a fraction of what they have in uh, Open AI over in Dota two. Yep, I'm going home and cutting the internet connection to my house. <laughs> I need to keep Elon <laughs> out of my home. Then it's going off the grid. Totally, I'm done. I'm done. Elon pushed me there. All right, we got any more esports? No, that was it this week for the world of esports. All right. Well, Deadite, since you're not a fan of technology and super smart AI, why don't you tell us maybe a less sophisticated show that people can listen to? If you want to listen to something that's a little less refined, a little less uh, 
advanced as the Gamezilla podcast, you need to listen to The Legend of Retro. <laughs> listen to simpler times where simpler men talk about simpler video games. It's The Legend of Retro podcast, available at GamezillaMedia.com. And every place you listen to this podcast, uh, go to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, all of the above. If you are listening to this podcast right now, then you probably know how to find The Legend of Retro. Uh, great podcast. You will love it. Retro video games. That was the best plug ever. <laughs> simpler mind, simpler times. If you're not getting enough GameZilla, you're not getting enough Zilla activity, then tune in every Sunday to GameZilla Alpha, which is our half-hour show where we, Jazzy and I, kind of take a personal opinion and just and just talk about it. We just kind of have a, a, a one-off show. Last week's was, there's too many video games to play. <laughs> yeah, way there too many. There's too many video games. I am overwhelmed. I, I miss the days of my parents buying me GoldenEye and saying, cool, enjoy this for five months. But we talk about it, you know, and, and the struggles that people have. And I think the interesting thing that, that I talked to Deadite about to, was the fact that you feel the same way, yet you buy a considerable less amount of video games than I do. I would say it's at least a quarter, if not like an eighth or a sixteenth of the video games you buy. And I still, a lot of it's like I have Zelda. And I'm like, man, I still haven't beat Breath of the Wild yet. Should I really buy this other game when I should put time into Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild? Like, I have a bunch of games that I need to go back and play. And you have, you've purchased way more games. You've purchased more games in the last week than I probably have in the last three months. Yeah. No, I, I know. Like, And that's what I mean is that it's just... I think it's more of a feeling, not necessarily how many games, but the fact that it's just there's not the time and these and a lot of these games and and Jazzy and I talk about it in the show is like how much time these games take to be uh, to beat. It's just leading to the fact yeah. that I don't finish games anymore. I think well, I rattled off in the show like the average times it would take you just to beat the story modes of certain games, yep. and I think like. If you took all those games that I had mentioned and then averaged out the time, I'd say it was probably around 30, 32 hours average the, per game to beat. The big question, because I know you guys talked about it, is if you add it up, you're like Fortnite, Rocket League time, those never oh, names, Overwatch man. time, like those sort of games that don't have an end, don't have a story. How much time could have you put into a story-based game? There's nothing wrong with these games that aren't story-based, but again, I've put 110 hours into Rocket League just on Switch. You know, that is quickly approaching double what I put into Breath of the Wild. I put double that into AR Earth this past weekend illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. But anyways, tune in, Gamesilla Alpha, every Sunday, and uh, come hang out with Jazzy and I. Once again, I want to thank everyone who helps make this show possible. That is our supporters on Patreon, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Special shout out to Sashin, who increased his patronage during this show. And another shout out to Tyler Bjergstrom and the Ninja Carter for their generous increases in their donations to support our cause as well. Uh, Jazzy 
I, I appreciate that announcement, but you screwed it up. We still had other shows to talk about. So, nah. Deadite, wh- where would we go if we want to go to a fantasy land? If you'd like to be taken to a whimsical world of magic every Wednesday, you must go to your podcast delivery service and listen to Noobs and Dragons as you go on a mystical adventure with Jandar, Tilly, and Alistar, led by DM Craig WK as he takes our heroes on a sinister adventure. It's Noobs and Dragons. The Dungeons and Dragons podcast available at gamesillamedia.com. I'm killing it today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen, if you want to learn about action movies, what, what should we do? Man, really put me on the spot. The last action podcast. <laughs> Kick ass talks about movies. Talk about. Goldfinger today, Jane Bond, LPJ and the Sphinx. It's Monday, Monday with a D in it. <laughs> and some S's. Last action podcast is badass. <laughs> so so does the two does the two A words drop? Does that count? Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, no, you can it's No, no. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> nah. that, that's a good question. We did say not not having the word a double dollar sign. <laughs> it's possible. Does Deadite get the point? Do I, I get the point for being the one that said a, a, a potty word? <laughs> because I described something as being B.A. in a song promoting a, a podcast? Maybe. We'll let, the dis- <laughs> we'll let, we'll let you guys decide. Okay. I said it was going to be me. I said it was going to be me because I'm a bird you can't cage. I just can't believe Test, can we clip, an Can we clip this like segment where he says it and then and we put it to a vote on our Patreon page. I thought it was more dicey when I said I like looking at Jazzy's brown eyes. <laughs> I think Sasha, Sasha vetoes it. I think he's saying it didn't count because, I mean, to be fair, that was the best last action promo we've gotten so far. So we can't. <laughs> Even we can't, better than the promo that last action podcast gave, gave us. us. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding, guys. That's kind of Lo- rude. Uh, hey, I'm just saying. Just saying. That was kind of rude. Yeah. Use BA in your promos, but next time, last extra podcast. It's a BA! That <laughs> <laughs> no, was good. Uh, all right. Anyways, last action podcast, Mondays. All right. You can you can research all the podcasts at gameslimedia.com and uh, make sure to hit that subscribe, that heart, that poop emoji, whatever it is that they give you. Hit that. Help us. Give us five stars. Leave a review and and help us grow our exposure of the shows. Anything else uh, anybody wants to uh, to plug? We got YouTube.com. YouTube.com. We own it. Games Little Media. <laughs> 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 We're putting out a video yeah. game system next year. We're called Google now. <laughs> yeah. We bought it all. Um, but no, Craig WK Longplay doing doing um, Super Mario RPG right now. So make sure you're heading over there. Pixel Theater from Player One Miggy. Head on over there. Hit that subscribe button. Show them some love. Our stream team. Twitch.tv. Man, they already plugged themselves. They did. They did. Well, two of them did. But, you know, there's a lot of them that, like, like our new streamer, Spectre XV. Yeah. PC streamer. We've already had a lot of you stop by and say hi to them, so thank you for that, and continue to support the Gamesville Media stream team. You can always find out what they're doing via the Discord. If you're joining the Discord, there's a channel for it. Otherwise, um, you know, keep an eye out by following Gamesville Media community on Twitch. All right, well, 
I don't have anything left, so just remember, we are the Elite Free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game game on. on!